Hey everyone, welcome to another episode of Going Deep with Aaron Watson for the longtime listeners out there. Today's episode is going to be a bit of a change of pace in terms of the type of guests that we're having on. So we've had a lot of writers on, we've had some ultimate frisbee folks, we've had some entrepreneurs, and today's guest is an entrepreneur, but not in the same industry or industries that we've been with previously. A lot of hardware companies, a lot of coaches, lots of other folks, lots of soft skills. But today's guest is John Beck, who is through and through a designer, a really cool, powerful thinker, and someone I found at Thrival last year, a festival in Pittsburgh centered around music and innovation. And I was just captivated by his story and the type of work that he was doing and the unification of so many different areas and skills. Uh, these days, the Internet of Things is one of the topics du jour that people love to talk about as kind of the future of technology, where things are going, and where companies are moving. And John's skill set and experience and background, decades in the industry of designing great products for companies, uh, has him poised to be an impactful player in that landscape and just getting to hear his story was really interesting and a unique experience for me and i'm so excited to be sharing that with you today on the show so i'm not going to babble any longer but simply uh turn it over and let you enjoy my conversation with john beck So, John, thank you so much for coming on the show. Thanks, Aaron. It's, it's good to be here. Uh, we just had a little embarrassing false start where I forgot to press record as we were talking. So that's what the laughs are all about as we're getting started. Uh, I want to start off by explaining just how uh, we came to meet, how I came to reach out to you. You were on a panel at Thrival, which is a festival I've discussed before in the city of Pittsburgh, talking about innovation, really cool in the late summer, early fall. And you were describing a product that you'd help develop called swing tracker uh, which is really cool helps kind of give live feedback to baseball players regarding their swing and just kind of captured my imagination in terms of what someone could be doing in the in the realm of design Uh, so can you just start off by explaining a little bit about what swing tracker is and your role in its development sure Uh, swing tracker uh, is an innovative motion analysis tool for baseball and um, it was uh, it was the first product from a local Pittsburgh startup called Diamond Kinetics. And two of the founders of, of Diamond Kinetics had worked uh, around uh, the development of a, of a microelectronic sensor that can detect up to something like 11,000 points of, of data for every baseball swing. And it is, there's a small kind of puck-like object that attaches to the bottom of a standard baseball bat and suddenly it turns that that baseball bat into this extremely sensitive sensory device that is capturing all sorts of details about the the speed of a player's swing going from uh, into the swing uh, and exiting the swing and how the bat is rotating and 
the speed of a player's hands and torque and torsion in the in the swing. And they had developed a um, a really exciting sensor that very accurately caught that information. But it's just an incredible stream of data that it collects. And so where we got involved was from a design and a software perspective, TrueFit was brought in to help them turn that into a useful app for the the player uh, as well as a coach or a batting instructor who how do you make sense out of all these streams of raw data and turn that into meaningful information that they uh, that a player can track over time and use to improve their their swing um, and what we found as part of what I was presenting at Thrival was that having access to that kind of information on a per swing basis and a per per session basis, we call them batting sessions, um, that over time, any one individual swing doesn't mean that much in the big picture. But over time, you start to see trends and see how effective the batting instructor's instruction is functionally changing small details in their swing that are giving them more power, more speed, more control. And as that starts to unfold over time, you can start to build a profile of a player's swing and growth, connecting them to other players, creating a market for batting instructors to sell tips and and instructional videos and and to look at where your weak points are and how to strengthen that. And um, so it, it was a nice example. We're proud of the work that we did there. Uh, but it's a really exciting example, and Diamond Kinetics has been proving that out as they, they've taken off since uh, introducing that initial uh, product with with uh, a great reception in like Little League sports, high school, NCAA, all the way up to the pros. So um, just a, a fun example of how data can turn into a meaningful and useful mobile application for a variety of different people in that relationship. Yeah, I know for me being an ultimate Frisbee player, it captured my imagination as far as the amount of data that's out there and the potential application, something I was very jealous of that baseball players get to use something like that. Um, In terms of TrueFit's role and getting a little bit more into just understanding your role more generally, so so Swing Tracker is not the only thing you've worked on, not even close to that, but TrueFit's role is to come in and help these different companies who may have a game-changing technology or be able to do one thing at a really impressive scale and help them convert that into something that is, as you kind of said, user-friendly actually able to be managed. And I am imagining that there are times where there's this really powerful tool that's maybe collecting a lot of data, but the actual translation or interpretation of that can be where you can kind of get caught in the mud. Um, Is that kind of how you see your role? Can you expand on just TrueFit's role and, and more specifically your role as this kind of design consultant? Sure. So uh, for people who are not familiar with TrueFit, TrueFit is a software innovation partner to startups like Diamond Kinetics who are really starting uh, from a blank sheet of paper. And they they have, uh, uh, in their case, a sensor technology that they need to turn into a product. We, we work alongside companies in a number of different 
cases. So Diamond Kinetics on the on the startup side, all the way up to big global enterprises that are looking at how to innovate um, outside of their current standard operating uh, procedures, or they're looking to move into a technology where maybe they don't quite have the skill or the knowledge in-house to do that. Um, a common case there would be going from, say, like a web application to a mobile. Uh, and, and more recently, dealing with connected devices, so hardware that talks to your mobile, which might talk to a much larger uh, platform of connected um, interfaces uh, for the web or in the environment, in a car, in a surgery ward. So that, in, in essence, TrueFit is a, is a partner to companies uh, looking to develop software. Uh, we like to talk about the process in terms of helping them to dream, to prove, and to build. And when we talk about dreaming, it's really to help them understand and develop a long-term vision for how they're going to create value for specific individuals, uh, specific users of these technologies, and how does that relate to their business objectives? How does that, uh, there, in many of these cases, there's multiple stakeholders. Um, they have partners. There are other uh, people that are who have needs and objectives of their own, and we're trying to harmonize all of that to develop a product that can satisfy a number of complex needs, um, technical user needs, brand and market needs, and, and business needs. And um, we go through, in terms of addressing product vision and strategy, user experience and uh, technical architecture, and then all the way through to helping them build that product. So we we have integrated a fully functioning and, and very talented design capacity, a, a design team, uh, a user research team, and a software engineering team all under one roof in one integrated, or actually many integrated product teams that uh, are able to help our clients uh, bring new product to the market. Now, in terms of what I do, uh, specifically, I'm the vice president of user experience at TrueFit. So I oversee our design and research efforts, which are essentially the eyes and ears for the product team to understand user needs, who's going to use this product, what does it need to do for them, what are their goals, what's driving their behavior, what pains are they going through in terms of without this product there's some real pain that they go through to get this kind of information or to do a certain task and this product can bring a lot of value to their life by helping them reach their goals uh, more easily removing pains and, and barriers for them and do things that they didn't even realize were, were possible from a technical technology standpoint. Then, uh, so that's, that's a lot of what we do on the user experience side is, you know, figure out how, what a product needs to do. Then we have a user interface team that is very good at, at exploring and defining how that product needs to work, what it looks like, how do you interact with it. it it's going to look and 
feel a certain way on a mobile device and then later on one or more web applications. Um, how do those parts work together? And uh, a very skilled engineering team that is building the product and testing to make sure that everything is working the way it needs to and helping clients get that product to market. That's, in essence, what we're doing at, at, at TrueFit and where my end of that uh, falls. And that sounds like a, a huge resource for a client to potentially leverage uh, in terms of what those clients look like and further unpacking the process through which you help them. Are you dealing with companies that are launching their first product? Or is it more often companies that are, you know, product like more established, maybe no longer a startup. And uh, just give me a a little bit more of a picture in terms of like, are they just starting the process of putting this product together? Or maybe they've hit like a a point where they're stuck and they need you to help them overcome some hurdle to really make their product viable. Sure. There's There's a couple common cases. What we see more often kind of typically on the startup side is that we have, you know, some very talented business or maybe design or, or professionals that are have seen a great opportunity and they see the business opportunity, but they don't really have the team to go design and build that product. And so TrueFit can come in. They may be trying to build that team but they have deadlines to hit and uh, given their funding they need to get a that initial product out to where it can be tested or put into the marketplace faster than they can scale their team in-house to do it. So that's a common scenario where we'll come in and help young entrepreneurs or maybe not so young entrepreneurs, <laughs> but uh, we'll help them. We give them a team to to do that. In other cases, uh, we might have, we work with a lot of mature technology companies who have uh, very talented in-house teams, but those teams are completely committed to an existing product or internal deadlines, and something else comes up that is either outside their core skill set or domain, and we can come in and help them bridge the gap to a new technology. So introduce uh, a mobile product when their team is totally focused on their existing web product or they can't scale fast enough and they need a team to come in alongside them that is a skilled and experienced team. They don't want to offshore that, but they need the team to come in and interact with their team and and be able to provide a, a similar level of quality in the execution. That is a common scenario. Another common scenario is companies with mature products that have been out for a a while that to both help them improve that but then modernize the technologies that they're built on and uh, that's called technical debt Um, over many years of improving a product a platform can age and there are newer more modern more efficient technologies that companies might wait for a while before they're ready to Kind of pull the trigger on modernizing that whole platform, and TrueFit as a as a team can come in and do that while they're supporting their existing product. We can modernize the the platform, 
make design improvements and improve the overall experience built on an entirely new technology stack. And um, that's another common scenario that we come in and get involved. Gotcha. I want to change lanes here a little bit, talk a little bit more about you specifically and your career in design. Uh, So to kind of take us back towards the beginning of things, where did your initial interest in design come from? When did you decide or when did you come to the idea that you thought that's something that you wanted to pursue? And what were some of your initial projects or, or where did your interest lie, I guess? It's funny that you asked that because I just got asked yesterday by somebody in a cafe that was working there who who asked what I did. I had a sketchbook with me, and they said, you know, I said I'm a designer, and they they said, so you're an artist with a job, and I said, no, that that that's nice, but I I don't consider myself an artist. I'm a designer, and um, I'm not. It's not a case of failed dreams of being an artist. I actually started in in fine art and illustration a while ago, <laughs> longer than I want to admit ago. But uh, my original interests, you know, were there. And uh, I spent several years uh, as a graphic uh, designer and illustrator, but my my interests were aligned a little bit more in in fine art. And um, this would have been like early '90s. And um, but in doing that, after a couple years of painting and and doing lots of different commissioned art projects and things, that I actually really did feel I at, at when I was leaving undergrad felt you know do I want to be a designer do I want to be an artist and pursuing that for a while really confirmed for me that my passion really is in design and it isn't in necessarily exploring my own subjective feelings on on things and expressing myself uh, but more expressing and addressing the needs of others and there is a difference and you know that um uh i'm much more comfortable embracing that as a as a designer uh unapologetically and you know the fact that it was a little easier to make a living at it was sort of consequential it was really more of a a a calling and and definitely felt that that was where my my skill set was so i gradually moved over into graphic design from illustration and spent most of the 90s in in graphic design as a designer as a art director later as a creative director for um, mostly in marketing communications and it was during that time that the web took off and just became fascinated as I was trying to help our firm deal with that transition to online communication um, and the the idea to, to help the web move beyond what was called brochureware, you know, that much deeper content, much richer content could be accessed and made available online to an ever-broadening audience. You know, at that, at that time, much of the web really was about communication and less about data and actual services that were were provided, but that was just starting to tip in the mid '90s, and I really wanted to pursue that. So I left my job as a creative director and uh, resigned, and went back, came back to Pittsburgh. I'm originally from here, 
at the time I was working in Ohio, came back, uh, was accepted into Carnegie Mellon's graduate program in interaction design at, at a very interesting time, uh, right at the height of the original internet bubble, and things were just going, it was just a over-the-top kind of crazy time to to make this transition at a time where there was just so much energy and excitement and so many risks being taken and so many introductions in any given month of, you know, Google launched when I was at CMU. Um, the term user experience was coined while I was at CMU and designers spent long hours at night debating whether you could design a user experience and um, what did that actually mean and so when I came out I at that point I I made the transition into software and really became fascinated with product design and I came out and got involved while I was at Carnegie Mellon in my first startup which was Body Media uh, in the late 90s, um, came out of CMU around 2000, the first full year of Body Media's startup, and was involved in designing this incredibly innovative platform that won all kinds of awards, but was so far ahead of its time, the first wearable body monitoring solution of its kind. And um, awesome company, incredibly talented team that was there at the startup and uh, to really see I mean this was five or six years before Fitbit even showed up and uh, that before wearable fitness monitoring or wearables became a, a dated daily term before Dick's you know had a, a shelf of, of wearables you know that you could go through at the store so to be there not only it was an important transition in the history of kind of technology in the last 12, 15 years. But the the advent of this whole wearable industry before it really gained momentum in the late 2000s. Um, so we were kind of early pioneers in that. I was there for about uh, two or three years and uh, about two years and left and started uh, my own consulting design firm called GIST uh, with another designer from Body Media. And we were a consulting uh, user experience firm to really help companies who were trying to do similar things to what Body Media did with connecting devices to the web. Um, this was, you know, several years before the the introduction of the smartphone and how radically the iPhone changed the, the whole nature of the market. But um, that was a fun transition to, to work through. And then um, in 2013, we were acquired. So GIST was acquired. Our design and, and research team was acquired by TrueFit. And it really uh, made a lot of sense to us. After 12 years or so of designing and, and advising on strategy and information architecture, doing user research uh, for all kinds of interesting uh, products and experiences, but we could never really build them. And we felt that we would be better designers if we could be more closely integrated with an equally skilled team of engineers. 
with the know-how to build the things, not only to build the things that we were envisioning, but to participate in envisioning the design solution and informing uh, that. And um, so Darren Grove, our, our founder and CEO at, at TrueFit, uh, he and I were, were friends and acquaintances. We had been working together on projects uh, between TrueFit and GIST for a couple years, and we knew it was a good fit. We knew we had kind of shared vision and values of what we thought design, the importance of design in, in product development, and we agreed that it made sense for us to come together. And so since 2013, I've been leading the design team here at, at TrueFit. As you mentioned there when you were talking about body media, you were saying it was kind of an idea that maybe its time hadn't come yet. And in this world of design and helping you know, really innovative companies or companies attack really innovative ideas, you're always kind of have to have an eye to the future. You are designing, crafting the future. So the big thing, and, and we actually, when we... I don't know if you want to call it a pre-interview, but when we sat down for coffee a couple months ago, you were talking about how there's this merger now between mobile, web, and physical, and that is among many monikers being called the Internet of Things, and that is uh, a big role that you have right now is helping companies craft what that Internet of Things will look like. In terms of what your considerations are, what's really important for products that are going to emerge in this Internet of Things period or era that is forthcoming or maybe already upon us. What are some of the really important considerations that someone outside of design, outside of uh, maybe the real builder of these things that they need to be considering or need to be aware of? So at the heart of the Internet of Things kind of grows out of a what you call a, a, a maker culture. And um, there's a couple forces that are driving that, but most notably some very powerful low-cost tools like Raspberry Pi and Arduino and a, a really growing ecosystem of, of tools that would allow somebody to, uh, without a, a deep electrical engineering background, start to create circuits and boards and really kind of hack everyday objects to, to embed sensors into them and start to collect data in all kinds of interesting ways. So that's that's a force that we very much love. We, uh, we, we share those values here at TrueFit, and we have a whole team of people that just on their own, out of their own passion on, and on weeknights, uh, Wednesday nights is hack TrueFit. Um, you know, we sit and we love to play with those and, and experiment. And out of that, there's this intriguing idea of turning and embedding sensors and turning everyday objects into sources of data that we, that's totally novel and new. And, you know, what if my, uh, my thermostat, like the Nest story of, you know, what if my thermostat could talk to the web and through the web could talk to my phone and control my home, you know, be part of this whole home automation ecosystem and help me to monitor my energy usage and improve, you know, that usage. That that original it originates in a you know what if what you know what if we did this or how what might happen if we combine sensors with a thermostat and put this really elegant you know interface on the front of it where 
where we get involved and where I encourage our clients and, and anybody else in that space is, that's interested is while there's some really intriguing what-ifs, to always root that in a sense of the value that you're creating for an actual user at the, at the end. So that you're not creating a, a technology looking for a user, but that you're actually looking at where actual human need is and um, identifying specifically how this technological solution might produce value for, for that individual or numerous individuals. Um, so that value, we have ways that we help our clients understand how value is created and how that can be measured and how that can drive uh, an engaging design and product solution. Finding and rooting the product in a, in a simple and direct value. Uh, we talked earlier about Swing Tracker. Being able to see the mechanics of your swing, at just simply being able to see that, that data on a swing-by-swing swing basis and then being able to track that over time is opening up. You're making something that was otherwise invisible and hard to track or very expensive to track you're suddenly putting that in the hands of, you know, it's running on your iPhone and for, you know, $100, $150, you know, compared to thousands of dollars with an expensive batting professional, you know, batting coach, that that suddenly can be put into the hands of anybody who has the the sensor. That's what really drives us. I mean, we're very passionate about the creation of value to help individuals and communities prosper and flourish that that is always the most exciting piece of the puzzle for us and it is uh, we love the technology we love design and and you know visual interface and and interaction but um, ultimately at the end of the day it comes down to how how are you creating value for an individual who's going to use that product for sure. That, that's a great answer. I want to start wrapping up, but I have one more kind of uh, longer question, if you'll bear with me. Um, there's a post by Scott Adams, the guy who started the Dilbert sure. cartoon, and he talks about the 13 essential skills for success that everyone needs to have kind of a baseline knowledge of. Uh, one of them is golf, others are writing, but one of them is also design. And what he says is that Personally, he doesn't really have a knack, never really had a knack for it. But what he learned was that design actually follows kind of a, is really a rules-based practice. And that means that it is to a certain degree learnable for most folks out there who are willing to put in the time. So it sounds like you agree with that. But yeah. if someone is following his prescription of learning those 13 essential skills, wants to build their basic design acumen, how would you suggest uh, maybe going about that at a very rudimentary level? So fundamentally, design is about problem solving. So that can be practiced as an individual, and that can be practiced as a team. One of the, the challenges and the reason why, you know, where we focused, um, we bring a lot of value as TrueFit is that 
as technology problems get so complex that it really goes beyond what any one individual can can do. And so it's very much the ability for a team to identify needs, to develop empathy for a, a user's pain. What is that need that's out there? To conceptualize solutions, a wide range, you know, we could do this or we could do that, but these are all small and large ways to solve that need or to answer that need. Then to prototype that, to visualize it. Prototyping is a big word. I mean, that that could mean anything from a, a drawing on a whiteboard or on a back of a napkin to, you know, building uh, models of how that product would work to actually building working low fidelity prototypes of something that you've hacked together uh, to actually put that back in front of a user and say, like, look, I, I saw your problem. Me or my team, we've, we've put a lot of thought into exploring a range of possible solutions. Here's three ways that we can help you with that problem, and we want to involve you in that design. What, what makes the most sense to you of these solutions? And if none of them make sense, how can you help me to improve our design solution and that there are techniques to co-create with the end user that you're trying to help to get them to help you understand priorities, to um, validate that you're on the right track, or yes, you know, I never could have thought of that on my own, but now that I see it, I totally want that solution, and I can see all these virtues or benefits of of that solution and uh, then be able to go and and make that for them but those those early basic steps of of understanding you know digging with an actual user based off direct observation and engagement with that user to prototyping to testing and learning it really design and and I definitely nodded when Aaron was pointing out that the uh, I'm not familiar with this uh, with this particular Dilbert, but the the idea that you know design is not a precious thing that only a few people can do because they have some God given ability to to design. Uh, we don't believe in that. It's very much a learnable process and a learnable it could be learned by individuals to teams to entire companies and organizations to to work through those basic steps of solving a problem in a way that resonates and that you're validating that you're actually creating value with the the people you're trying to help i know personally that's a very exciting realization or thing to hear that it is learnable because it's something that i would agree is probably not a uh natural asset that I have, but it's something I'm hoping to cultivate. So I'm happy to hear you say that. Uh, Before we wrap things up and you issue the personal challenge of the audience, uh, if people want to learn more about you, learn more about TrueFit, connect with you in the digital world, uh, where's the best place for them to find you? Twitter, website, anything like that? Sure. You can can find me on Twitter at The Orienter on on Twitter. uh, That's Orienter. It's a personal joke with my wife and I, uh, a name that I, I was given by my wife. Uh, 
as one who always knows how to orient ourselves when we're traveling, that we, you know, the orienter uh, on, uh, on Twitter. You can find me on LinkedIn are two great ways. You can get to me through the TrueFit uh, website as well, truefit.io. Cool. As always, that will be linked to in the show notes at goingdeepwithaaron.com slash podcast. Encourage you to check that out and learn more about John. I'm going to give you the mic one last time, though, to take it away with your personal challenge for the audience. So I like this personal challenge. So I hope that what I'm saying to anybody that's listening out there, you know, that doesn't sound like a bunch of abstract academic speak about design and and, uh, philosophy, but what I would encourage is to, to prove out the point that design is learnable and um, just a simple test for you to do is just to observe somebody near you, uh, a spouse, one of your kids, uh, a coworker, a friend, and just watch them. Observe them doing work, uh, a task. It could be making a cup of coffee. It could be fixing a tire. It could be, you know, painting a fence. But as you observe, note what they're doing. Just in a simple notebook, we use Evernote all the time on our phones. We love that. Take a few pictures and then just ask them. Ask them what they're thinking as they do that task. And then ask them how they're feeling when they do that task. And as you do that, see what changes in your mind as you're thinking. Are you able to feel their pain? Feeling their pain which is otherwise known as empathy, is key to the whole process. But if you can sense what somebody's pain is, then you can easily start to connect their pain and what their goal is, what, what it is that they're trying to do. And as you ponder that, if, do you, what ideas come to mind on how you could either help reduce that pain or help them get to their goal faster, if you can do that, and this isn't a long or hard thing, this is maybe five or ten minutes, but if you can do that, and if you have those ideas, then you're definitely one step on your way to being a user experience designer. That we don't design experiences uh, in the sense that we prescribe them and somebody follows through a pre-planned set of steps. I can't I can't create emotion. I can't I can't deal with all the I can't possibly pre-plan all the the baggage and all your personal history that you bring to an experience. But what I can do as a designer and what you can do as a designer is help remove pains that you know and are observing uh as you look at how that user is trying to do their job, you can remove those pains. You can, you can help them along their way and get closer to their goal. And that's really the essence of what user experience is, a, is about. And that's a, a fun thing to do that you can do while eating lunch and just observing uh, a friend. So uh, I hope you'll take up that challenge. And uh, I'd love to, to talk with anybody that's interested in how that actually works.
For sure, that's a great challenge and definitely not too labor intensive. Just takes a little bit of observation and uh, mental processes. A great way to train your brain. Thank you so much, John, for coming on the show. I know the audience learned a lot from listening to you. We just went deep with John Beck of TrueFit. Hope everyone out there has a great day. Hey, everyone. Hope you enjoyed that episode. I learned a lot from listening to John. Really appreciated his challenge as well. Hope you'll take the time to try that out for yourself. And also head over to goingdeepwithaaron.com and sign up for our once monthly newsletter. Now, I am positive that you are one of the many people out there fighting the deluge and the challenge of Inbox Zero. I know I am as well. And I'm not in the business of overburdening or um, crushing your inbox with more crap. So what I do is I send out one email a month and that one email is simply a curated list of the very best links, the very best videos, the very best podcasts that I've found over an entire month of consuming content and then sharing those with you so that you can have one single email of high quality curated content delivered to your inbox at the beginning of each month. I have had a tremendously positive response from those who have already signed up for it, and we're excited to see where this goes in the future. But if that sounds like something that's down your alley, I would encourage you and be excited if we could get into a bit of an email relationship and newsletter relationship. So let's make that happen. And uh, if not, I would really appreciate you continuing to listen because we've got a ton of great guests coming down the pipe. I'm excited to share it with you. Thank you so much and have a beautiful day.